says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And so we thank you for your word which lives and abides forever. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. Your Word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing from soul and spirit. We thank you for that Word, that it will be imparted into our lives today. As I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up so that the Word of God will impregnate your people with vision with purpose, with strength. And Lord, I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as a result of your word. And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I want to talk about something that affects everyone at some point in their lives. So if you're taking notes, my message title is Overcoming Fear. Overcoming Fear. And the purpose of the lesson is to help you better understand what fear is, how it works, and then show you how it nullifies your faith. And then at the end, I'm going to show you how to eliminate fear in your lives. And so if you have your Bibles, find 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to look in verse 7. And then we're going to go over to Luke chapter 8, verses 40. That was 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And then Luke chapter 8, verses 40. I believe that people face fears, but they really don't know that it's fear that they're facing. And when you don't know what you're facing, you can't defeat it. And many believers don't realize that we operate and function in fear. And uh, and here's the thing. The enemy does not even want us to know we're functioning in fear. And I'll show you why here in just a minute. So I only have three points this morning, and, I, and I'm, I'm purposely going to go right, get through them. So if you're taking notes, here's the first point, and that is fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us power, love, and what kind of mind? A sound mind. Now, most people never recognize fear as a spirit because it disguises itself by hiding in the mental or emotional or feeling realm. And if you view fear as an emotion or a feeling, then you will not see that it's a threat to your faith. In other words, most people, when when they face fear, they think they're facing a negative emotion. 
They think they're facing a feeling. But, but, but fear is not a feeling. It's not a negative emotion. Fear is a spirit. Notice now what it says in 2 Timothy uh, 1.7. It says that fear is a spirit. And watch this. And that spirit does not come from God. Notice it says, for God did not give us the spirit of fear. So watch this. Here's a question. If God did not give us fear, who tries to give it to us? Because it's coming from somewhere. Amen. I was on a plane and I, it may have been with uh, Pastor Polo. Uh, we were flying somewhere for me to speak. I don't remember where we were going. But uh, I noticed uh, we were on one of those smaller prop type planes. And there was a lady uh, across from me. And just looking at the lady, you would have thought that maybe she had uh, maybe some mental issues or maybe autistic or something looked like it was wrong with her. But the more I observed the lady, I realized that she was being attacked with fear on the airplane. She had a fear of flying. Now, this is not something I know uh, or she told me. This is something that I discerned. And I watched this lady struggle so much that I decided, watch this now, to intercede and step in front and take authority over that spirit. Now, you don't have to know people to take authority over spirits. So right there at my airplane seat, I took authority over over that fear. And it was almost, as soon as I said in Jesus' name, amen, boom, that lady changed. She went back to normal. Just touch your neighbor and say, fear is real. It's important to understand who fear comes from. And here's why. So that we won't treat it lightly. Because some of us are treating fear as our pet dinosaur. Or as our pet teddy bear. And, 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 And you know what? We protect the fear by saying stuff like this. Oh, that's just me. Oh, oh, that's, that's just, that's just my son. No, that's fear. And here's the thing. The enemy sends fear for only one reason, and that's to stop your faith from working. Let me show you something. Go to Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Go to Luke 8, 40. I'm going to show you today, number one, what fear is, and number two, what it does to your faith. Because the best or the most expensive commodity that a believer has is your faith. See, all things are possible to him that believes. See, it's your faith that needs to stay intact. And so all the enemy wants to do is to send things to attack our faith. A lot of times we think he's attacking our money. He's not really attacking your money. He's attacking your faith to get some. In Luke chapter 8 is a good example of how fear can potentially stop your faith from working. I'm going to read in verse 40. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting on him. And behold, there was a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years old of age, and she was lying almost dying, verse uh, 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 
12 years, which had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, she came behind Jesus and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood staunched or stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied, Peter said to him, Master, the multitude is thronging you and pressing you. How can you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, well, somebody touched me. For I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that he was not hid, or she, that he knew, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared unto him before all the people for what she had touched him and how she had been healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, watch this, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you what? See how powerful faith is? Then he tells her to go in peace. So let's listen now. Let's just set this up. There was a guy named Jairus. Jairus, who came to Jesus and said, listen, my daughter is dying. I need you to come to my house. And so on the way to this, this man's house, uh, he, got a inter- he got intercepted by this woman with the issue of blood. So she touches him. She gets healed. So I don't know how long that took. But you know how it is when your spouse say, uh, sit in the car, I'll be right back. Y'all know how that goes, right? It's not really a right back. Well, this wasn't a, a right now heal. I mean, it, she got healed, and, but we don't know how long it took. But what we do know is something happened to the girl. Look in verse 49. While he yet spoke, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. So in between him asking Jesus to come to his house, she was sick and about to die. Now she has died. Now I wonder, did this guy get upset with the woman with the issue of blood? You know, had he not been healing her and, and finding out who was touching all on his, his, his Lamborghini robe and stuff, then, you know, maybe my daughter wouldn't have died. I don't know. I, I doubt it. But watch what happened. So the guy came from his house and said, Master, don't even bother Jesus now. She's dead. Verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, But when Jesus heard it, but when Jesus heard it, in other words, Jesus hears, he answered and said, notice Jesus just didn't let the man say it. Don't just let people say negative stuff to you. Girl, you ain't going to get that job. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. You might not get it, but I'm going to get it. But when Jesus heard it, he answered and said, fear not. He didn't say fear a lot. Fear not. Watch this now. Believe what? Only. He said fear not. Let me say it this way. Only believe, which reveals something powerful, which brings point number two. Here's point number two, and that is fear affects your faith. Notice he said fear not, only believe, which says to me you can't do both of them at the same time. Believing can only work when fear is not functioning. Let me say it this way. Fear and faith cannot work at the same time. Now, another account. Go to Mark chapter 5 if you want to. Go to Mark chapter 5 because this story is is said again in the book of Mark. And I just want to point something out to you. Uh, Mark chapter 5 verse 22. Because I'm going somewhere with this. Because, see, I'm tired of, 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 of believers allowing fear to masquerade in their lives. And then when things don't work right, they want to blame God. 
Watch this now. In Mark 5, look at verse 22, it says, And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And he, when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly. He said, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. And so what I did, I jumped down to verse 35. While he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain, uh, a certain which said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, I want you to read this with me, Be not afraid, only believe. Notice he says, Be not afraid, only believe. You can't do both. Just touch your neighbor and say, You can't do both. You can't do both. And most people's faith has been nullified by the spirit of fear. You thought you didn't have enough faith. Oh, you had plenty of faith, but you had too much fear going on in your life. Amen. You know, some people don't want to get promoted because they have a fear of being uh, criticized or hated on by their peers. See, I'm talking to somebody right now. The reason why you haven't gone up in your company is because you would become your friend's boss. And just like you've seen them talk about people when they got promoted, now it's your turn. So you just say, well, I, I'm just going to stay a driver. I'm just going to keep driving. Well, you keep driving that fear down deep in your heart then. Because, see, that's all it is. And, see, the, the devil wants us to think, oh, no, no, I just don't want to do that. Really? Some people, I know people who will not drive certain cars to work because they don't want their boss to see that they drive a better car. Oh, it's quiet in here today. Okay, I'm not going to go down that road. No, no. Some, some of you all uh, don't wear certain types, you know, clothing at work because you don't want to seem like you're sticking out. You don't realize you're sticking out anyway. Fear is designed. This is what fear looks like. It's designed to paralyze you to do nothing. Its job is to make you believe, watch this, that God cannot be trusted and that his word will not work for you. What's interesting is if you, you've seen the word work in other people's life, but fear tells you it won't work for you. And this is where the enemy uses fear to paralyze us when we become, and this is why people become hearers of the word and not doers, because fear has paralyzed them to do nothing. And because they know the word, they think knowing is equivalent to doing. And since they know it, they feel better about not doing it, but in the process of feeling better about not doing it because you know it, you're being deceived. Because James chapter 1 verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Watch this, deceiving your own self. In other words, fear what it does, it paralyzes people to do nothing. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. They behold himself and he goes his way and straightway he forgets what manner of man he was. Verse 25 says this, but whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty 
and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. Watch this. This man shall be blessed in his deed. In other words, the person that pushes beyond the fear and begins to obey God anyway is the person who gets the blessing. Amen. Amen. Now, the spirit of fear knows that the doer is the one who gets a blessing. I'm going to say that again. I want you to write it down. The spirit of fear, because fear is a spirit. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. If you want to call it a demon, it's a demon. Just like God is spirit. That's what the Bible says in John 17, that God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, God is spirit. Well, guess who else is spirit? The devil is spirit. Angels are spirit. There are spirits out there. And some of you all drink them on a regular basis. Wine and spirits. (laughs) Wine and spirits. Spirits are real. What do you think is influencing our world to do some of this dumb terrorist stuff? That is a suicide spirit. That is a murder spirit. That is the spirit of Cain working in our society. Cain was a killer. He said, but a doer of the work, this man is blessed in his deeds. The spirit of fear knows that the doer of the word is the one who gets the blessing. Now, turn over to Philippians 4. I'm almost finished because I'm going to show you a principle here that's going to change your life. Philippians chapter 4. Look in verse 13. Now, we all know this verse, but I'm going to show you something about it that's going to help activate your obedience or activate and push you beyond fear. Because remember, fear wants to paralyze you. He just wants you to stand still. He doesn't want you to do anything. He doesn't want you to push forward. He doesn't want you to obey God. It's a spirit. And so watch it now. Philippians 4.13 says, I can, I can, I can. I can do some things. All things through who? Christ who what? Strengthens me. Let me say that a different way. Christ provides me strength once I decide to do something. Christ will provide me with strength once I decide to do something. So if I never decide to do something, he don't need to give me no strength because I'm not doing nothing. And the people who do nothing are paralyzed by fear and they don't know it. You Oh, you think that, oh, I'm, I'm not going to volunteer in the church. I, I'm too shy. No, that's, that's, that, no, it's not because you're too shy because you go to work every day. Unless you work in this big old bubble by yourself and you don't have to talk to nobody and you just sit there and you type on a computer and you're in this bubble like Michael Jackson used to be in. If that's you, then maybe you are shy. But if you got to get in your car and if you got to talk to one person when you get to work, you cut that shy on and off when you want to. What you're really doing is you think you're controlling the spirit of fear, but it's really controlling you. I can do All things through who what? So the moment you and I decide to do something, the moment we decide to do the word, guess what happens? Jesus shows up with the strength I need to make it happen. And that's why you shouldn't say, well, I can't do that. I can't. No, no, you're contradicting his word. He says, if you decide to do it, then I'll give you the strength. 
And see, some people, they want it backwards. Oh, well, give me the strength first, Jesus, and then I'll do it. That's not what it says. I can what? Do how much? Through who? Who does what? He don't give you the strength first, baby. He add, he wants you to step out. He said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He says, I need you to make the first move. You make the first move and then I'll make the second move. Amen. Well, Lord, if you'll bless me, I'll give. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't like, that's like a farmer saying, Lord, give me a harvest and I'll put it in the seed. Don't that sound crazy? That's like, how many know that sound crazy? That sound crazy. No, no, but that's what Christians do. Well, 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 Lord, if you just if you just show me who my husband is, then then I, I'll I'll fix myself up, girl. You better get to fixing. Showing up at QT gas station with rollers in your head, girl. You better go back home and get those rollers out of your hair. Do they even use rollers now? Can I just help you as a single? This is a prelude. Because, you know, I'm thinking about doing a a message called, you know, do you know that movie Stella Got Our Groove Back? I'm thinking about doing a message called Stella Got Our Bible Back. Because some of y'all done stopped reading it. But anyway, let's go back to here, right? The strength comes when doing takes place. Not when hearing takes place. Here's my third and final point, And that is fear works the way faith works. See, this is, I mean, if you, boy, if you get this today, you can walk out of here and slap the devil. I tell you, if you, if you get this right here, if you get what I'm telling you right here today, you can walk out of here and slap the devil. He ain't going to do nothing to you. Here's point number three. Fear works the way faith works, and he knows that. Watch this. Now, let's go back to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, look at verse 35. It says, while he spoke, there came one of the ruler of the synagogue's house saying, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the master? Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, as soon as he heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, don't fear. See, Jesus knows the faith process doesn't just work for faith. It works for fear. Because, watch this, how does faith come, class? It comes from hearing. Well, guess what? Fear comes by hearing too. And that's why when the man came and said, man, your daughter's dead. Watch this. When Jesus heard, how does faith come? Well, guess what? Fear comes by hearing. So he knew that if he didn't say something to Jairus, Jairus would have just said, well, Jesus, don't even worry about it. She did now. No, no. The Bible says when he heard that was what was spoken, he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Jesus knew that fear comes by hearing and hearing, watch this, by circumstances. And some of you, you, you're playing your circumstances over and over and over and over in your mind and in your mouth. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Well, even if you don't know the solution to your problem, don't say that. Because God already knows what he's going to do. See, our problem is we want to see, we want to have the information of how God's going to do something. Listen, that's only reserved for the creator. He's just wanting you to trust him as the creation to walk you through it. And Jesus knew that fear comes by hearing. You see, the fear process, watch this, is a perverted form of the faith process. 
See, the devil's smart. All he does is take what God does and flips it. That's all he does. And so he knows faith comes by hearing. So the only what he does to keep you and I out of faith, he said, well, I can't let them hear the word. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let them hear the circumstances over and over and over again. And that's why that that problem that's in your in your life keeps playing in your head. It's not a recorder. It's the spirit of fear. And he just says it over and over and over. Watch this. Until you have faith to be fearful. Romans 10, watch this, what it says, verse 13, verse 8. But what says, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let me say it like this. For with the mouth, for with the heart you believe in fear, and with your mouth you begin to speak it. Fear comes by hearing, and hearing by the devil's lie. So you have a choice today. Who are you going to listen to? Now, here's why most people don't recognize fear. It's because it comes in the form of feelings and emotions and in that realm. So you just think you're feeling that way. This is why some of you can't successfully enter. I'm talking to single people now. You can't successfully enter into another relationship because you still have fear from the last one. I don't want to be hurt. So you call it, but I I just got to get to know him. Well, well, sister, you've been engaged 10 years. What you going to do? Come on, brother. Come on, brother. I know she cheated on you the last time, but this new girl, she she didn't prove to you she she wants to stay with you. You've been engaged for 15 years, man. Jesus is going to come back before you get married. Fear. Some people say, but I'm not going to get married because I don't have the money right now. Fear. No, no. He said he would supply all of my what? Needs. And some of y'all need to get married. You need it. It's not a want no more. You pass want. It's his need. He said he would supply all of my need. Watch this. According to his riches, not mine, his. And so you sitting there, well, I, well, if I just had all the money, fear. See, Fear comes in the, in the realm of excuses. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would do this if I... Fear. You know, some people have a fear of succeeding because they don't want their family to know how God is really blessing them. Amen. Let's, let's end right here. Let's end right here. So how do we overcome fear? How? Because when the devil tries to give it to us, we got to learn to not take it. You know how they come and deliver a package at your house and you have to sign for it? Well, see, when fear comes, remember now, it's a spirit. Don't sign for the package. So what you do is you return it back to the sender. You say, well, pastor, how do I do that? Well, first of all, when fear tries to come, rebuke it in Jesus' name. Here it is, you know, it's time for you to get a new car. It's time. But, Pastor, I just don't want another car. No. Well, how many, how many times uh, do the people have to come and get you off the side of the road? How many times? I know your car is paid for. But how many times do they? Listen, at AAA getting tired of your car. They know who you are. 
That's Mr. Jones. Go ahead and answer it. Because you're fearful of a car note. What if somebody gave you a car? See, this is where faith has to override because somebody can give you. Somebody just gave my best friend, Pastor James, somebody just gave him a two-year-old car with a truck with 4,000 miles on it. It's a $51,000 truck, brand new, gave it to him. So if God would do it for him, why can't God do it for you? That ain't got nothing to do with a car, no. Amen. So you're going to return it to the sender by rebuking it. And once you identify fear, just say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke that fear. You know, went to the doctor, the doctor gives you a report, and, 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 and now the, you, you know, you're playing that report over and over and over and over and over again. Well, you have a tumor, ma'am. Ma'am, you got a tumor, ma'am. Ma'am, you got a tumor, ma'am. Ma'am, you got a tumor. Okay. In Jesus' name, I rebuke that. They ain't said the tumor was cancer. They didn't say nothing. That just could be some built-up toothpaste you done ate in your system or something. I mean, here it is. They ain't told you what's wrong. But you, you have taken it beyond and believed. You rebuke it. Here's number two. You resist it. You resist it. Remember now, in order to resist, you must first submit. I'm going to say that again. In order for you to resist, you must first submit. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God and then resist the devil. You can't resist the devil until you first submit to God. Well, you say, well, Pastor Evan, what does that look like? When fear starts to come and say, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, let me see what's practical. Uh, you, you, you get the temptation of, cheating on your spouse old girl sends you an email at work on your work email hey junior I'm just checking to see if you got lunch today did your wife get you lunch see what you gonna do now what you gonna do now see your flesh will tell you no she didn't give me no lunch she don't never bring me no lunch Wrong answer, Junior. Wrong answer. I'm trying to help you this morning. Resist it. So this is how you resist that. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, your word says to love my wife as Christ loved the church. And so I submit myself to that right now in Jesus' name. Give me the strength to fight this feeling and to resist this temptation in Jesus' name. See, first you have to submit yourself to the word, and then you can resist the devil. Here's, here's the last one. After you resist it, here's the last one, you've got to reverse it. Begin to say and do the opposite of what you feel by speaking the word and doing the word. You just can't say the word, you've got to do the word. And see, you know, sometimes you just got to bust out the devil. Just bust him out. See, go home and tell your wife, you know, baby... Some Jezebel at work sent me this email. You better tell her before she figure out the email. Just go on and tell her about the email. See, you don't know your wife worked for cheaters. That show, she worked for them. She know every password. She know how to get in your stuff, man. Just tell her about the email. Well, Pastor, she going to think I did something. No, she just tell her. Tell her, 
So she could just know how honest you are and cover you. Listen, if, you know, if, if, if somebody, you know, you know, if hug me wrong or something, if something going on with somebody at the church, you know, I'm going to tell my wife. I'm going to be like, babe, see that lady right there? Don't, don't. See that lady? Come stand right me. Stand right here when that lady come over here. I want to take authority over fear. He's trying to win. But if you resist him and you rebuke him and you begin to open your mouth and you submit yourself to the word, I'm telling you, you're going to see some incredible things open in your life. Father, in Jesus' name, the name that is above every name, even at that name, every knee shall bow, every spirit shall bow. In the spirit of fear, God has not given that to us. And we resist it and we rebuke it now in Jesus' name. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I declare in Jesus' name over your people today, Father, that fear will not dominate their lives. When they're trying to make decisions, fear won't move them. Faith will move them. And I thank you now for the spirit of fear being nullified. And Father, as we walk this process out, we'll see things that we've never seen. We'll receive things we've never had. We will hear things we've never heard and we will do things we've never done before. In the mighty name of Jesus, with every head still bowed, if you're here today, you say, Pastor Evan, if I died today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I want to pray for you. 